I'm Jess Gorman, and I am a theater maker, and I am also an introvert. I'm Phil Rickaby, and I'm a writer and performer, and I'm also an introvert, and this is The Introvert's Guide to. On The Introvert's Guide to, we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest. We'll choose a topic and discuss it, as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and on the internet at large. If you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website, or you can email us at introvertsguide2stuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide 2. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and a five-star rating. Your ratings and comments help new people to find the show. But even better, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, if you know someone that might like The Introvert's Guide 2, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. <laughs> so, Jess, do you like to be busy? I can tell you right now, as a very busy individual, I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I was catching up with an old friend just uh, like a couple days ago and I asked her how she was doing and she was like, I'm okay, I'm all right. I'm like, oh, okay, as in like, you know, you're you're surviving or you're on fire and just accepting it. And she's like, it's more of like I'm on fire and it's fine, but I'm still looking for a fire extinguisher. And I'm like, oh yeah, me too. Like that's, I'm kind of getting that. I'm just living through the motions right now. But if it could just end, I would prefer that. That would be a great option. I was wondering a little bit what you meant, because for some people, when they say, I'm on fire, they mean like, I'm on fire right now. Everything's amazing. So I wasn't sure if you were like, no, everything's amazing. I'm on fire right now. But no, you were, you meant like, <sighs> my house is burning down. Everything is burning with it. And I don't like it. Yeah, exactly. And like, I'm trying to get out, but the house is kind of taking me with it. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As introverts we're we tend to be really sensitive to stimulus sensitive to to all of the things around us is this when you are generally busy not just right now but like generally busy is there like a level of busy which is good and then beyond that it's like overwhelming or or how do you deal with busyness well see i don't mind being busy provided i'm doing things that i want to do you know, I remember being busy with developing a show and trying to keep up with a part-time day job and I had friend obligations and that was fine. I genuinely enjoyed that. It felt more like it was in my control. But as my life started developing and I've got a full-time jam-packed week of nine to five, you're blocked off with a busy job. You get like an hour break to spend time with your son. Then you've got an obligation in the evening and it's and it just continues. And I just finished doing a play and I remember 
tech week and how exhausted I looked and falling asleep in the middle of some rehearsals when I wasn't called, right? I, It just, there's the level of busy I want to be at and feel productive. And then there's, I don't know how much more I can take of this before I need to just drop something altogether for my mental health sake. Do you find that when you hit that point of, of busyness, when you're there's like too much going on, that it becomes impossible to prioritize? It's like everything suddenly takes on equal importance in your brain and you're suddenly like, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. And it's kind of like you want to be doing all of them at the same time, but it's not possible. And then you end up doing nothing. Okay, so it's funny that you ask that question because part of my full-time day job is project management. I have to be able to prioritize. I have to be able to say what's important, what needs to happen, what's got a deadline coming up. I have that benefit of being able to sort through tasks now. And it's a learnable skill, not an easy one, but a learnable skill. And now I find that I'm able to do that. Now I I find I'm able to go, okay, here's the block of time where it's just non-negotiable. This is what I've got. This needs to happen. Okay, now what needs to happen on the next blocks for for the evening? Okay, let's make sure on this one. It, like I can prioritize easily now. If I don't have my calendar, shit show. Shit show. What is in your calendar? that makes it easy to prioritize? What's in my cal? as in like, what is in my calendar that I can easily? Yeah, like you said, if you don't, if you don't have your calendar, it's a shit show. So what is in your calendar that makes it not a shit show? Well, specific times, just to be practical, but the things that are in there that make it easy to schedule, well, you, first and foremost, Oh, yeah, that's easy to pry. I already know. Mondays or Wednesdays. Sorry, that's booked. I already know yeah. that. That's in my calendar. I can easily prioritize that. But if somebody, if I don't have my calendar and I get a text from someone, hey, are you free this day? I, I need you for X, Y, Z. I'm one of those people that I will do one or two things. If my calendar's not in front of me, I will either put the phone down and my ADHD will go out of sight, out of mind. You just forgot about it. So I'll get back to you in like a week, which, which just happened. Like I just saw a message from two weeks ago from a friend and I felt awful. Or I will speak too soon and I will make the plans and then I will go back to my calendar when I suddenly remember at like 1130 at night or 12 and I go, oh, man, I just double booked and now I got to remember to... I got to remember to reschedule. I can't text them now. And then it comes the next day and I forgot. And uh, I'm a disorganized mess. No, the number of times that I have off the top of my head been like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I could do this thing on that day. And then I sit down like, oh, it's so good that I made that plan. I'm so organized. And then like a day or two passes and I'm just going through my calendar and I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, I can't can't be that day. It It can't be that day. Yeah, it's the effect of you made the plan, but you didn't realize that there was a little spark from your fireplace that just went onto your rug. You turn your back and your whole living room's on fire. Yeah. 
when it comes down to it, when I, because, you know, I, let's face it, I have a lot of things that I have on the go. I'm trying to rehearse a play. I'm going to be performing in Red Deer in April. I am. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Um, I have my day job. So there's all kinds of tasks within that. I have two podcasts that have to be edited and I try to write some stuff. So it comes down to like for there was a point where I was like, oh, my God, I want to do all of these things. I want to I want to write this thing. I want to rehearse. I need to rehearse this thing. And I want to I want to do this. And it, I was like stuck in the loop of like, oh, my, I can't do any of them. And then I took a breath. And I had to say, which one of these which one of these is the biggest priority? If I don't do one of these things, one something terrible is going to happen or I'll be unprepared for something. Which is it? And I was like, oh, it's the rehearsing of the thing. Like I have to rehearse this thing so that I could perform it. All the other things, all the other writing I want to do, all the things that are outside of workout uh, hours, those have to take on a lower priority. Yeah. And then I time block as well. So I'll be like, all right, so... At the end of the day, I'm going to like, it, there's a block of time. I'm going to take an hour. I'm going to edit a podcast and then that sort of thing. But for the most part, it's like, just which one of these things is, is if it, if this lights on fire, it has the most dire cir circumstances. So that's, that's, that's when there's too many things, that's what I end up doing. I don't know how, how healthy that is though. I don't know either because I mean, you want to jam pack it all in there, right? Because you feel like if you don't do it now, you're not going to do it later. You're going to lose the motivation for it. There's, there's the, the level of like, listen, if I, if it needs to be done, I need to keep the motivation for it. Right. And mm -hmm. if it's a writing project and I lose the motivation for it, I guess I will have to put it aside and pick it up if that motivation comes back. And if it doesn't, it's, it, nothing's going to, going to get on fire. Um, one of the dangers is I know, I know people who, who self-medicate their anxiety by being consistently busy, by packing every moment, every day, with as many projects as possible. Because that way, if they're too busy freaking out about all of the things that they have to do, they don't freak out about their anxiety. And so that's, I don't know how healthy that is. I don't know how good that is, but it's it, its certainly one way to, to deal with it. Well, I think, I don't know if I would categorize that in the healthy department. <laughs> just just going to put it out there. Might not be the... <laughs> the best <laughs> but like you know how common is that though that if we're not busy with something we're not productive and we face that all of us in 2020 when we were stuck at home if we weren't busy cultivating a new skill or you know if we weren't figuring out something to do we obviously lacked discipline we obviously you know were lazy we didn't care and that's not the case that was a moment to embrace rest. That in itself should be blocked off. That is something yeah. that is a breakup. It's not a, oh, I'm resting. That means I have the free time to be able to put more stuff in. It's no, I'm resting. There's nothing going on during this time. That's That in itself is scheduled time. I think that in itself is, is warrant of, you know, having its own spot on your calendar absolutely absolutely and and you know we the part of the problem is that we live in a culture in the 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 western culture and and i think increasingly the culture of the world has to do with how busy are you how many things do you have on the go and people like sometimes will put on like a a show of like i'm so busy so much i remember many many years ago many years ago like i was in my 20s so you know in ancient times 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In the olden days, mm-hmm. uh, I worked at a costume shop in, in in Toronto, and I you know started it just before Halloween. I worked for a couple of years there, and one of the things I learned in that shop was that the part of the culture was how busy you were organizing, and so what you what people would do is anytime there was somebody around you would heavy sigh and like put your hand on your head and start like just going through the racks but if nobody was around you'd just be like and just be like just lazy so it was like this this putting on of i'm so busy and the show of it and i think that that sort of can carry through into into other things we we live in a culture where everybody wants to talk about how busy they are and how many things they have going on we praise the people who are overly busy um, mm-hmm. Even when that might not be the most healthy thing for them to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in terms of an introvert, you may not necessarily be busy with social with with your social obligations, but being busy with work, being busy with writing and or having that project that you're working on or it, it doesn't matter that it doesn't matter if it's not necessarily social. But if you're packing your schedule entirely with all of these other obligations and you're not necessarily nourishing the relationships that matter, that's also problematic. There, There's the two sides of it. Also, also any anyone who is at work and has to prove that they're busy and earning their money, that's a shitty boss. I mean, the part of the problem is that is that a lot of companies don't overtly say that that's how things should be. Mm. They will more subtly do that by you know, at the company meeting, praising the person who worked overtime, praising the person who put in the extra hours, praising the person who worked on the weekend. And that's and that that's one way the companies sort of signal to their employees, we talk about work-life balance, but we don't mean it, you know? Oh, yeah, no, totally. I, I'm kind of dealing with that right now. Right. Where I have to, I already timestamp my work with everything that I'm doing, but it's the fact of, Oh my gosh! Okay, I just time stamped that here, and then I did it right over here. They're gonna wonder what the heck I was doing for that half hour in between. I gotta really make sure I earn it right now. And meanwhile, that's not the case. I'm actually mentally putting out so much energy into getting these projects done that I can defend myself easily with it. I, I, it's just a I have to start reframing and stop guilting myself if it looks like I had an, a half hour free because it's just not the case. And it's not the thing is that what's important is that it, there's it's not possible to be working every minute of every hour of your workday. And in fact, some work is thinky work. Like not all work is active work. I first off, I, I work at a company, you know, I know some companies use teams and teams are like if you use teams suddenly a report is sent to your manager that you were idle for 30 minutes or whatever and people get like these little apps that like keep like touching their mouse every few minutes or like tapping a key just to keep the the screen active or whatever but you know i i i work at a company that doesn't do that and and part of the reason i'm glad of it is i don't there are very there are parts of my day where i have to sit and be like all right so thinking thinking you know like just take the time to be like that and nobody, nobody is ever like, so your screen wasn't active. And me having to be like, I was thinking about the problem that we, you know, it's like, you can't always do like, not everything is due. Right. And for some companies, I think it's hard to hard for them to see that. 
I, I also use Microsoft Teams and it's on my computer. And whenever, so every time I go to use it, the little green check mark comes on and it looks like as if I'm working. So my boss messaged me and was like, hey, were you working at 8.30 at night? And I was like, no, no, I was just using my laptop. And she was like, oh, oh, I was going to say, it's kind of great that you were, you know, taking some initiative to do some overtime. I was like, I thought to myself, like, why wouldn't you? There's a gentle way of approaching that where it's a, hey, that's really great. But if you were working, but just an FYI, that's not necessary. Like, it's just the fact it was celebrated that I would be working. That is the problem. That is the problem of a with with a boss that's like that does that. That's like, you know, they were going to praise you for taking the initiative and doing so much extra work. Where I think, especially when in a work for home from home situation, it's so easy to do that. It's so easy to put in extra hours. Your computer's right there. You're working extra hours. It's just right there. You know, whereas there's the physical, the physical aspect of when it's in an office, you get up and you leave the office, you've done work. It, at my company early on, we were starting our work from home. A lot of some of our, our managers and executives talked a lot about the work they were doing on the weekend. And at one point I said to my manager, you know, that's that, you know, we've been talking about people taking care of themselves during this time and all this sort of stuff. But every time you talk about the extra work that you do on the weekend or every time that you are demonstrating that you're doing work on the weekend, you're sending the message that that you don't mean take care of yourself. You mean work the extra hours. And it's we've gotten so much better over time in that people are not expected to work the extra hours. In fact, we've we don't praise people for working extra hours anymore, which is super good and healthy. But it was a huge transition. Absolutely. And like, you know, not that this whole episode is geared just toward our jobs, but just having your job alone is a busy schedule. It's it's a lot of work to do five days a week and, and you're working eight, 10 hours. My husband sometimes has worked 12 yeah. five days a week and it's a lot and he's had nothing to do. But the problem is, is that those blocks at night that are free doesn't necessarily mean he's doing what he wants to do. Sometimes the only energy he has is, and myself as well, is just laying in bed. And that's that's really mentally draining is I'm not nourishing my mind the way I want to be doing it. That's, that's no super, way to live either. No, that's super, that's super bad because you're you're not actually recharging because you have no energy to do anything that you actually enjoy in order to to recharge your battery from a, a long day at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as like when things start to get overwhelming and there's so many things to do, do you have any tips or tricks for how you prioritize to 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 make sure that you're doing something and not stuck in the I'm trying to do all of these things at once syndrome? So, yes. I have some tips when it comes to planning out. If, if you're finding that you're getting really busy and your plans are starting to stretch out into the following weeks and, and you're wanting to ensure that you're getting your rest, I got a few tips for that. Now, when it comes to prioritizing where those things need to go, my suggestion is, is that take stock of who it is in your life that you need to check in with for 
the week that you're currently in. Okay, who can wait until maybe the next week? Sooner or later, you'll find that you have maybe acquaintances who want to go for, let's say, that coffee. If you're finding that you're moving into maybe the next month and you just don't have the the ability to book them in, you got one of two options. You can tell them, hey, listen, I'm going to set a reminder for this. Can we revisit this in a, maybe a couple of weeks? Just because I've got enough going on and you find find your way of phrasing it in the nicest way, whatever way that you want to phrase it. But that's where you have to let them know, sorry, that's my boundary right now. I just I just don't have the mental capacity. Or what you can do is just be straight up and say, this is the time that I have. It's not until later on. Are you okay with booking it further way in advance? Those are my ways of going about it. I, I so far have not had an issue. Hmm. It's not the greatest feeling in the world, but I'm trying not to guilt myself either, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a version of saying what you need. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that I that I do when I have a bunch of stuff that I want to be working on, if I have the time, and I referred to it earlier as time blocking. So I use, you know, I'm I'm not a physical calendar kind of person, so I, I do, it's a little easier to do digitally. On my week view or my day view, in my Google calendar, I will at the beginning of the week schedule times for things. And it, I don't fill the whole, the whole evening after work. I'll put in like an hour or two here, like on each day after work, if I don't have another obligation. So for example, on Wednesday or Monday, if we're, if we're recording a podcast, that's the only thing I do in the evening. That's the only thing that goes on there. Because I need my brain. I need to. I can't be doing a whole bunch of other things and then and then pop in and, and do this. But on other days, um, I'll like I'll like say, so for two hours I'm going to rehearse, or for one hour, two hours I'm going to write, or whatever it might be. And I those are in the calendar. And if they're in the calendar, they get done. If I don't put it in, then the end of the day comes around. I look at my calendar. I'm like, nothing happened today. I'm just going to fire up a video game, and nothing productive happens, or nothing that I want to do happens. Whoa, 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 whoa. Video games can be productive, sir. That's true, because video games serve a purpose. They serve a recharging purpose. That is to say, though, what I mean by that is that if I have a bunch of things that I mean to do, playing video games for the evening does not get me there. So I don't necessarily consider those productive when I have a bunch of things on my plate that I want to do. We have an episode about this, don't we? About video games? <laughs> I seem to recall that when we first floated the idea of video games, you floated it as video game addiction in brackets. Phil is what you're no, doing. No, no, so. Not not brackets, not brackets. Capitalized, bolded, asterisks on you either suggesting, side. Suggesting that perhaps I had a video game addiction. Maybe. Suggesting, but I jury's, don't. Jury's still out. <laughs> I could quit any time. <laughs> I, um, now... I'm the same, like I'm I'm sort of the same way, except my issue, I need paper. I I have when I I find that when I use a digital calendar, I get way too particular about if things are not titled properly, if they're not color code. Don't you shake your head at me. Don't you shake your <laughs> just, head. Just no no no. Just just go on. I'm not shaking, I'm just shaking my head. I'm just shaking my head. Don't it's not judgment. Sure. But no, I I need things particularly laid out. So to remedy that, I got a paper calendar that I share with my husband. 
if you've never seen my husband write physically, you would think he's a doctor. Um, it's so messy. And the boxes are pretty big on the calendar. My writing can be nice and small so I can fit other things. It, it, his are just, he'll take up the whole box. So if I don't care about how things are laid out on that, I'm going to make sure that I just get things scheduled. I'm not thinking about it too much. It just gets done. So I had to pick my battles is what I'm saying. Are you suggesting that the reason why you can you can tolerate the messiness of a paper calendar that you share with your husband is because you had to give up your organization in order to accommodate your husband's chaos? I didn't have to give up organization in order to accommodate him. I had to accommodate him in order to stay organized or else I wouldn't be organizing anything because then I'd be like, oh, it's not pretty enough. Like, oh, no, a typo. And like I I had to um, I had to find success where I didn't think it would be. I understand. I, <laughs> I had understand. to boldly go where I didn't think I could go. Amazing. I, like when I use my my, my digital can calendar, I I will change titles a lot over time. The important thing with the time block is to get the block in, and I don't tend to be like when I'm just time blocking. It's like write or rehearse or something like that. It's not like it's, I don't put a lot of detail in. I can do that later if I need to, but perhaps I'm just I'm just not as fancy as Jess Gorman. Oh my gosh, yeah. No, if I'm not using like the right pen. It's not the right consistency. Wow. It's, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Well, we've talked about our love of stationery. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I have been very proud of myself for not purchasing new stationery for quite very some time. Good. Like, yep. I haven't bought new notebooks. I feel like I'm, I'm like, I might be breaking that addiction because the problem with, with being a person who buys notebooks is you end up with a ton of notebooks that you do not use. <laughs> Yeah, I had to start going to like the dollar store for lined notebooks because I read in a writer's book that if you focus too much time on trying to find the most perfect notebook to start writing in, you're going to be tentative to write in it. Whereas if you just buy a cheap notebook, it's got lined paper, yeah. you're go you're you're most likely to write into it and you're going to get the most raw material that yeah. you can actually work through this is this is part of the problem with with the whole notebook thing is if you spend like 25 30 dollars on a notebook or more suddenly you like put it down you're like oh this project is not it's i'm i'm still it's it, this is too nice for me to use yet but if you go to the dollar store and you get the really shitty really really cheap notebook um it it doesn't do that less the problem that i have is i really like good paper mm-hmm. it's really satisfying for the paper yeah, to be good paper, and then like I, I like it's nice to write on, and and a lot of those dollar store notebooks aren't like that. No, they're not because they're they're so flimsy, and when you write on it, it, it bleeds through onto the other side, and then your paper becomes thicker, and you're like, this is what is that? I was worried about like sometimes some projects call for paint for pencil, and so then you're, you use pencil, but then you erase, and the paper is so flimsy that as you're erasing, it rips and it's become useless to you. We digress. We digress. We did. This is this is a major digression <laughs> from our busyness, from being busy introverts. I will say that 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 being able to deal with being busy and being very busy is something that I I was not always able to deal with very well. 
I spent a long time being a person sort of running in the circle of like, all of these things have equal priority, just sort of like running around in that circle, being unable to actually start anything because all of them felt really important at the time. And it was only over time that I was like, oh, you know, if you don't get all this ends up with is like me being able to do anything. So I end up sitting on the couch regretting that I didn't do anything. So it comes down to like, I need to learn how to prioritize and I can prioritize by what's, what's almost on fire. What's what, what, what has a physical deadline and then what do I want to accomplish the most right now? And I can prioritize with those things now, but it, it took a long time to get to being able to, to do that. I find that I, whenever I get too jam-packed with things and I'm trying to figure out how to prioritize everything, and then I, just like you, I end up maybe laying in bed, scrolling on my phone, and I'm guilting myself about it. That's my signal that the next day I need to find a block of time to just stop what you're doing and and take things bite by bite when it comes to your calendar. So one thing that I've learned over time is when things start to feel like they're getting to be too much and, and you're taking on too much and you can't even think straight, that is your signal to just take a big deep breath everything's on fire. There's no point in just trying to, there's no point in trying to fix it all right now. So you might as well sink your teeth into one thing for five minutes and do one thing at a time, make a list of whatever you have to do just to get a good visual on what it is that you're trying to pack in, right? I have been busy for the past two and a half months probably since ending my maternity leave, going back to work, taking on a play, starting a playwriting unit. Now I'm I'm helping Steve getting his project off the ground. I have developed my own little tips when it comes to figuring out your schedule. So for some context out there, listeners, one job that I am really good at is project management. Like I mentioned earlier, I have to work with a lot of vendors a lot of these vendors are contractors and something I learned is is very interesting in how they schedule. On Fridays, they tend not to book the run-of-the-mill everyday job. So if you're trying to get an electrician or a plumber out, they'll try to not service you if it's a non-emergency on a Friday. They save Fridays for their emergencies. So someone's available before the weekend starts and they got to go do overtime on the weekend. With that said, when you're looking at your calendar, pick one day a week. That's your rest day. That's absolutely nothing goes in there. Pick a second day and treat that as your emergency day. So only the most important thing goes on that day. If nothing gets booked that day, now you've got two free days. And then you take your smaller stuff and you maybe put it on a Monday or a Tuesday and you can tackle a little bit more of the smaller things. And then as the week progresses, you get less to do, but it's the more important things. So that's just a little tip that I do in keeping up with some of my deadlines and my obligations. The next thing that I do as well is 
if all of my weekends are booked in a month, I know that the first weekend of the month, nothing's going in there. That's that's blocked off immediately. However, I'm also quick to make sure that if all my weekends are blocked, there's some time during the week where nothing's going on. It's it's a fine balance, right? Yeah, it is a fine balance. And it's super important to make sure that you give yourself time. Because if, if you don't have time for those things, then just like we were saying earlier, at the end of the day, every day, all you're going to have is enough energy to just sort of like sit on the couch or the bed and do nothing. Which has its like that. That's okay once in a while, but if that's all you can manage every day, that's not so good. And that's just it. Is that's what I was finding for that like two and a half months was I would get a half hour to myself at eleven o'clock at night when I'm laying in bed and I'm just scrolling and I'm thinking to myself like this is the most me time I've had. That's problematic. That's that's not okay. And. As much as I guilt myself about it, I do remember as well that this is a season. It's a small period of my life, and it just means that that's another project I have to work on, which is, okay, now that when this season ends, which it is, it's it's coming to an end, and I'm moving and transitioning now, I have to make sure that I'm fitting in that time to be creative. And a wise friend once told me that just because your work is accessible... It's right there. Doesn't mean you have to pick it up, put it down. The workday is over. That's it. It is what it is. You're not expected to do anything past that point. So truth be told, it is very difficult. It is. It's. I want to be able to pick up my laptop and make sure I'm set up for success the ne next day. But that is not my life. That is a day job. That is just something I do that I'm good at and I can tolerate. Am I excited for it? No. So that's got to change. That prior That's not a priority after five o'clock. I will say one thing about that, and that is that I've been in the workforce. <laughs> I've been in the workforce for a long time. And I, one of the things that I've learned, having been laid off a number of times during several recessions that I've gone through in, in my time, is that companies will always ask you to be loyal to them but when it comes down to it, the company is never loyal to you as the employee. So just give them the time that you are contractually required to do and then give them no more because in the end, when it comes down to it, will they remember it if the chips are down and they have to make cuts to their workforce? No, they won't. Absolutely not. And, and if you're already feeling like as if you if you don't get this done, you're going to get fired or there's going to be severe consequences. It might be time to maybe start rethinking another priority. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want you to know that it took me everything in my living being not to make a joke about the fact that you have lived through how many recessions. <laughs> This is my third recession. <laughs> and the only reason why it's my third recession is because the recession that was caused by the, the housing crisis in the States didn't reach Canada. 
That's why this is not my fourth recession. Just so that, just so that we put that out there. Just so it's out there. Shall we go to social? Let's go be social. <laughs> On social media, we asked, do you get overwhelmed when you get busy? Introverts tend to be stimulus sensitive, and between work and other obligations, we can feel like there's so much on our plate we don't even know where to start. What are your tips and tricks for when there's so much going on that you just can't seem to prioritize? So Louise said, I set reminders in my calendar to do things. I also set alarms. If I've got a lot of things to do at once, I start with the first one to come in and work from there. And I discuss priority with the people requesting things. I've learned not to work overtime. And if I'm, I've learned not to work overtime if I'm not getting paid for it because that sets unrealistic expectations. Amen to that. Absolutely. I love that. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Veggie Megrel says, I set alarms on my phone so I remember to actually do things. Otherwise, I will forget because I work two jobs and my schedule is all over the place. Cool. I wish yeah. I like I just wish alarms and reminders worked for me. I I really wish they did because the snooze button happens or I press like ignore mm. and then it's gone and then it just never comes back. <laughs> I forget about that's it. That's that's a problem because that that is literally why those don't work. I have a question for you just sort of on that on that topic and this is when your alarm goes off in the morning, do you hit the snooze button? 20 times. 20 times. Okay. Yeah. So are you a person who knows that they're going to do that? So they set their alarm way in advance because they know they're going to hit the button 20 times, or you set it for the time you think you're going to get up. And then in the moment, you're just slapping that snooze button 20 times so you don't get up. And then you have to do a mad dash scramble to get ready for work. Yeah, no, it's definitely the I said I'm overly ambitious and go, no, Jess, you need to wake up. You need to actually take initiative to wake up at that time. So just do it. And then and then the snooze buttons hit 20 times. And now to add, I have a one year old who will wake me up. If you're not going to do it, they're going to do it. <laughs> well, it's good that you have the 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 organic alarm clock to go. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs an alarm clock? An alarm clock. You have a child who's going to absolutely. That's only that's only going to work until the teenage years. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for hobbies. (laughs) It's just oh no, no one's waking up. (laughs) Nope. Just for hobbies says video games. I play every time I feel overwhelmed. If I don't play, I get very cranky. And if it means that I don't vacuum, do the laundry or whatever chores I'm supposed to be doing, I don't care. And I've learned not to feel guilty about it because I know the benefits. All right. Very good. Okay. That okay. might be that might be the best thing I've heard because I will play video games and then at a certain point I'll be like, Oh, I didn't do the dishes tonight. And I did and I those those have to be done. You're like, it's really mm-hmm. I can't let those things go, but I can definitely see the benefit of just letting it slide sometimes absolutely and just just as an fyi too if you're thinking that you know you're not being productive because you chose to do something that you really wanted to do and you're guilting yourself about it take a step back and remember that that's okay every once in a while right and then when you start to feel overwhelmed about maybe not getting to the chores break it down is it does it need to be cleaned 
Does it need to be tidied or does it need to be organized? Immediately, that that just, I feel a lot cleaner knowing that because now the priority is set. And then I know the time management. And then I think it's okay. Listen, and that's coming I, from me. It's so important to be able to do things that you enjoy doing. And especially if they help you unwind. So 100%, I'm behind this. Josh said, I try to prioritize by doing certain chores either super early in the morning or late at night. For instance, in order to avoid my chatty neighbors in the apartment below me, I do my laundry early in the mornings when they aren't awake yet. Also, grocery shopping late at night during the week is awesome. No crowds, especially weekend crowds. True, it can be a pain to get up early or stay up late sometimes, but it's so worth it to have that peace of mind to avoid annoying people and also get stuff done. Oh, oh I so felt the grocery store trip late at night. Oh, yep. yep. So good. I, I, I wake up early to do my laundry. I live in a large apartment building and I just don't want to deal with people when I'm doing my laundry. And if you go early enough, you're always guaranteed to get a machine. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be like, Oh, somebody's used all the machines, you know, which has happened in the past in other buildings. So you get up early, you get it done, and you didn't have to talk to anybody, which to me is a bonus. Absolutely. Oh, and who likes laundry? That's Nobody again, likes laundry, but it's got to be done. It's got to be it done. It does. And if you can make it less painless by not talking to people, so much the better. So did we learn anything today? I think I learned that I'm more organized than I give myself credit for. And I'm more on top of things than I realize. And I've learned that if I don't get my work done past five o'clock, I can absolutely not just defend myself. I don't need to defend my work. It's right there. You can see the proof of what I'm doing. But I know that I'm just clearly too busy in a day. I need to stop guilting myself and trying to rush and just take that step back and relax. It's going to get done. I'm not saving the world. I'm I'm not saving lives. I'm just trying to get a job done. And that's it. Back when, I, back when I worked in email marketing, I worked at a company, we did that sort of thing. And people would start to get really, like, they'd get really hyped up or whatever. And they'd start to get, like, really freaked out, especially on the sales. Like, we got to do the thing. Every every so often, people would start to get, like, really, like, hyped up and really anxious. And somebody would say, uh, guys, just email. It's not brain surgery. Nobody dies because the email doesn't go out. And so that was, people would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So sometimes it's good to remember it's just email. I learned that I have a lot of things that I that I do that I've tried to keep myself on track. I am the king of trying out different task managers. Like every so often I'm like, ah, this task manager will solve all of my problems. This task manager will be the one that solves all of my problems. But when it comes down to it, I always abandon them because none of them are just my calendar, which is what I look like it, look at every day and what uh, gives me the most ability to organize things every day. So all of the all of the all of the tools in the world 
haven't served me as well as my calendar. I think whatever works for you. Yeah. Really. Absolutely. Yeah, there, there's no right or wrong way. As long no. As you're okay. <laughs> I mean, that's number one. I think that's the number one takeaway is as long as it works for you, that's okay. Listeners, uh, just before we go, I just wanted to to remind you that just when I give you this podcast, we give it to you every two weeks. And we don't do any advertising. We don't have sponsors. It's just us giving you this podcast. And we do it because we love this podcast. We love the community that's built that, that we've we love the community that we've built. And, you know, we like having you as a listener. But one thing to keep in mind is that although we give you this for free, it does cost money to do it. We have to pay for editing software. We have to pay for hosting and we have to pay for a few other things just to get this to you. If you wanted to support us, if you enjoy this podcast and you want to help us with this, you can do that by clicking on the link in the show notes and giving us a couple of dollars. You can do that only, you can do that once or you can do that on a monthly basis. If just four people gave us $5 a month, we would cost, we would cover the cost of hosting this podcast alone and anything more would, would go towards the podcast. And if enough of you were to do it, maybe Jess and I could get paid to do this. So if you, if you enjoy the podcast and you want to help us do it, click the link in the show notes and donate whatever you can. But even better than that, and even more than that, we love having you as a listener. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in two weeks.